Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I am Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. Yes, and tonight we are breaking down season one, episode nine. The title is The Prodigal. The Prodigal. <laughs> uh, will this one hold up? Let's find out. Um, first, we have to tell our listeners about a super fun live event that we're doing on Sunday, October 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern. Yes, I am so excited. We are going to be screening an episode of MacGyver live over Zoom so people can watch along with us. Yeah, you're going to get to watch the episode Deathlock. And then right after that, you're going to watch us record an episode of the podcast about Deathlock. And our special guest is comedian Deanne Smith. And we have some other fun surprises in store as well. Yeah, and the Zoom chat is going to be open the whole time. You get to give us your opinions. Uh, we might even bring in some audience members onto the podcast. It's free Sunday, October 4th at 6 p.m. Yes, I really hope everybody joins us. You can find out all the info on our website at themacgyverpod.com. Yes. So, Annie, how was your week? What's going on with you? My week was good. Uh, yeah, I had a good relatively, um, you know, no Supreme Court justices uh, died this week. And so the news oh, week was a, a little bit. That's so sad. My bar is so low, Nathan. Yeah. It's it really, <laughs> I was allowed to have my windows open. Uh, there wasn't Amazing. a major, huge, huge breaking news disaster story that I had to cover. So for me, I mean, is this the first week? Well, I mean, it's been the first week, certainly since fire season started, that um, that it's been relatively at least predictable in the misery. Um, sure, so yeah. it, it, there haven't been any <laughs> unpredictable uh, things that have come up. And so, uh, so yeah, I had a good week. Uh, what about That's you? Uh, I did too. Yeah. We got a lot of social time in this week, which was very fun because we've been very much hunkering down and very mm -hmm. much quarantining. And uh, it was my dad's birthday. Yeah, we met up in this like giant field with all these picnic tables and gave my dad cake and had this socially distanced kind of birthday party for him. And then my sister had a musical gig in Stowe. Uh, she has a duo mm -hmm. with uh, a guitarist named Nick Casarino and they just uh, had a, it was wonderful. Like the whole thing was put together extremely well. That's um, great. So you guys felt uh, comfortable being outside and being yeah. socially distant. And yeah, they yeah. kept everybody really far apart. Uh, and I, I feel like certain things you you know you miss in this scenario and mm -hmm. you can't wait to get back to and other things sort of sneak up on you and you don't realize yes. how much you miss them until you experience them again and so sitting around with my family and watching a live outdoor music concert was something I didn't realize I missed but it made me feel like a human being again <laughs> it was really extraordinary yeah I had that experience when I went to Portland recently and there was a band practicing um near my Airbnb and mm. I was like oh being at a live concert yeah. right. is the thing that I but that wasn't you know at the forefront I wasn't thinking I can't wait to go to a rock and roll concert no, of course, like that yeah. was not in my mind and now but, suddenly this outdoor rehearsal becomes your own personal music festival right yeah that's how I felt about it <laughs> I'm glad you're hanging in there um we uh we have a couple of guests today and I can't wait to bring them in we have two guests two for the price of one um this episode of MacGyver that we're about to cover if you've seen it features prominently uh a very believable couple of brothers. Um, and so I thought, why not bring two comedian friend brothers uh, uh, that I know into the podcast and uh, may maybe they can help us uh, parse the brotherly love in this episode. They uh, they made an animated show together, which you should check out called Horse Court. Um, please welcome Matt and Charlie Loud. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Hello. Oh, good to so see great your to be faces. Here. Great to be here. <laughs> How are y'all doing? What's going on, man? I think we're I'm doing we're good. good. You go first. <laughs> I'm I'm great. I just I'm in my third year of school right now. I'm in grad school. Uh, we just started again uh, for September, uh, mostly remote learning. So mm -hmm. I was in Vermont um, visiting Charlie and the rest of my family this week. Uh, which is really nice. Got some lake time, got some family time, got some cool. dog time, got some MacGyver time. Nice. Uh, did you guys watch yeah, this episode so together while you were here? We, we did. did. We, we watched did. it last oh. night. Oh, together. that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you guys decide who you would be in the episode? Like if it was the two of you? <laughs> That's literally my first question. <laughs> uh, I think we decided that I was both brothers and Matt was the <laughs> marshal. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm the Marshall. And I love that no one is MacGyver. Like you're just yeah. like, we're not touching that. So speaking of MacGyver, uh, how much experience do either one of you have with the show itself? Like in your youth, did, were you, was it around when you were kids or are you too young for that? It's before my time for sure. Yeah. My, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten this on the show so far, but my biggest MacGyver experience is MacGruber. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I did not watch it uh, definitely before my time, but it was, I mean, I, it's so baked into pop culture that it's just like, yeah, you know, MacGyver verb, like to improvise your way out of a sticky situation. So it was exciting. It was ahead of time. It was exciting to be like, Oh, this is the namesake of that very saying. Right. And then the reality was you had to watch 42 minutes of television. (laughs) (laughs) It was made in 1985. Well, and we were talking recently that weird feeling um, when you have heard something sort of out of context and then you finally see the thing that it's from and you're like, oh, this is the origin of that. (laughs) Like this is I'm now finally putting putting a face to a phrase like before seeing it, I was like. Okay, the thing I know about MacGyver is obviously he like constructs gadgets in the nick of time, but I also knew like this is a part of our shared cultural fabric that we're all a little embarrassed by, and I feel like <laughs> that's exactly the experience I had watching it. Right? I, yeah, that, just watching it, being like, man, people thought this was like real cool. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Great. That that is something that I feel like we keep going back to is at the time it was like this is the pinnacle of like an action show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I mean we're already giving all our first impressions, which is kind of how we start this thing anyway. So why don't we leap into it and uh, and uh, Annie can refresh our memory on the episode itself with a little summary. Yes. So this is the deal in this episode opening gambit. We have none. Once again, Um, (laughs) there is usually like a whole side story that happens before the opening credits. But the main episode, MacGyver meets with Frank Bennett, who is about to testify against his brother, Joey, a mob kingpin who runs a drug operation. Joey then kidnaps Frank and is about to kill him, as you do. But MacGyver helps him escape. We learn that the Bennett brother's mom is dying and Frank wants to see her one last time before he goes into witness protection. The feds think it's too risky uh, for him to go visit her, but MacGyver helps Frank visit his mom in their family home just before she dies. Of course, this is all a trap, and Joey gains the upper hand and is about to kill his brother again. Then MacGyver comes to the rescue and again saves Frank. That's your hour of TV. Oh, what a thrilling hour it was. We talked about your first impressions of MacGyver, kind of, the show. Um, but, like, once you started to dip into this, were you, uh, w- what were you thinking about everything? About the show itself, about the acting, about the... I was very upset to learn that it didn't take place in Miami, because I thought... Oh, really? From the, opening, from the opening shots, I was like, this is Miami. This is South Beach, baby. Oh, right, wow. Right, right. I don't think it was. It seems to be. Some no, it's Venice of... Beach, but uh, but that California cool thing doesn't last very long in this show. It's like a first season thing, and then and then it gets uh, and then it gets moved to Vancouver. So uh, mm. so this is like an early on trying to make MacGyver like California cool kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, and this I believe this is one of the only like we've seen snippets of him at home before, but this is like all in his hometown right, um which right. is not not, not typical usual. usually he's like traveling somewhere yeah so i feel like a huge issue in this is the depiction of mobsters yes they're, <laughs> so they're they're named frankie and joey uh-huh. they're they're explicitly labeled as eastern european these are not italian mobsters and their last name is bennett <laughs> Yeah. Which is wrong for <laughs> either of those ethnicities. Yeah. And they operate in, I guess this is Venice Beach. And they're portrayed by like Scorsese, yeah. like Italian American. <laughs> like, yeah. Like central casting, yeah. mobster. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was, I don't know why the, what the decision was in making, you know, 
in making them Eastern European and taking a, la a last name that wasn't Italian. But like, it's clearly uh, an homage to mob movies. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of mob movies. How did, uh, maybe you guys are. How did it? Uh, how did it track in terms of the tropes of a mob movie? Uh, in terms of, well, we could speak even deeper to that because we both grew up in New Jersey and all the dads we grew up around were very much like the elder <laughs> Bennett. Really? Like I've heard a lot of conversations on par with how they spoke Yeah. Um, from other rooms during various play dates and whatnot. <laughs> um, Do you think you were friends with mobsters kids? I at least I knew a lot of kids with dads in real estate. Make of that uh -huh. what you will. <laughs> Sanitation. But do you mean like the conversations around like I I think of having grown up in New York as well. Like I think of the the family oriented type conversations in this being very um, familiar to me. What did you guys think of that? I think this runs into a problem that a lot of like derivative mob movies and TV shows have, which is that it's knocking off movies, but not playing on anything resembling real life. Like it just feels like you're watching somebody copycatting when you're watching it. Right. I also thought it was weird that the bad guy wore khakis instead of a full suit. I feel like mobsters <laughs> wear suits and he looked like he was about to like go on his boat or something. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's the college boy. He's the, well, so here's the other big issue. This isn't what prodigal means. Prodigal means that you <laughs> yeah, were you've bad. Yeah, you away and you come back. Yeah. <laughs> but the college boy was always good. He's not the prodigal yeah. son. He's just the non-crime son. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I guess that didn't have the same ring to it. I Yeah, I the big takeaway for me and the thing that really bothered me about this episode has bothered me about a couple of different episodes um, the, the like essential mission of the, of MacGyver and the episode changes halfway through. And that is so frustrating to me because like <laughs> MacGyver's entire mandate is to like protect this guy. And right. then it becomes about ensuring that he says goodbye to his dying mom. And right. like, right. I feel like, yes, that's important, but that was not the mission at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, so that, sure. that bugged me. Totally. Totally. Um, I mean, I have so much to say and I'm just trying to like, <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun watching the first few minutes of this episode because I thought, oh yeah, this is my nostalgic 80s kind of cool. I mean, the guy hot wires a yellow Pontiac and drives away in it. Like um, he's jumping over railings, you know, like it's nothing uh, in his Minnesota sweatshirt and he's living on, you know, a, a, a pier. Um, there's some, there was just impossibly cool. Like this whole, this whole opening kind of business was fun. Um, I, 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 that this this scene where we get to finally we get the brothers face to face for the first time just mm -hmm. dro drove me crazy because it was so much exposition and so much i mean literally it's like you're my brother yeah you're my brother yeah we have the same mother and the same <laughs> yeah. father too it's like yeah i know no we understand that you guys are brothers yeah we um, needed one of those we did not need all five like yeah. and then they go back and forth and back and forth and our mom is in the hospital right now yeah i know our mom is in the hospital right now and the, the uh, like of course Laying this kind of pipe is typical of an 80s TV show. It made me long for MacGyver's voiceovers because I was like, <laughs> at least those are concise. And then I thought, why are they doing this? And I realized, oh, they're doing it because what MacGyver's building up there in the rafters is so fucking complicated that he needs like a full five minutes to do, <laughs> do it. We were yeah, so I mean, mad at that reveal. Nathan, you don't understand. I've been waiting 31 years of my life to watch MacGyver, and the first device he builds is a buzzsaw two-by-four shooter. It was so lame. That's what he builds? I, yeah, we were getting that's... so amped, just like, oh, he's tying the shoelace to the thing, and it's going to yeah, be yeah. some kind of helicopter blade device. No. Well, he doesn't like to hurt people, yeah. Yeah, and the thing about that that really annoyed me was like when those kind of wood chips start raining down, yeah. the idea that that guy wouldn't just panic and shoot the gun right. is bonkers to me. Yeah. Like he 100% yeah. would just shoot him in that moment. And instead, yeah. you know, the guy doesn't understand it's a distraction. It takes them forever to get out of there. It just, it was like typical um, MacGyver, like, sloppy like taking forever when they cross paths again in the hospital and 
yeah. the brother is like, oh, not here. We're not going to have a rehash of the last moment we had together. He treats him with so much respect. Like this huge yeah. mobster is like, you really got me with the sawdust. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing, like when I saw that saw blade spinning, I was a little freaked out because I was like, ooh, like what's going to ha- happen? Yeah. yeah, like is someone going to really get hurt? It's like, no, MacGyver just wanted to make it rain wood chips for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> I, I, this is, this is the problem with these kinds of g- gags, right? Is because that some of them are good and some of them are not. And I think that, um, this episode actually, I liked quite a bit actually, as it compares to the rest of them we've seen, it was, I thought it was fun and it had like a lot of these gags, which is like, you know, you can't have too many of them, but you have to have enough to keep it. It's MacGyver. You want to see MacGyver build shit and fix problems. Right. But yeah. I did feel like, um, the li- in this episode, I felt like the little gags worked much better than the big gags did. Like there were little things like, uh, you know, like cutting the cutting the antifreeze line and hot wiring cars, and even to a certain extent the uh, dry ice thing. Although it was stupid because no mini mark carries dry ice. I, I mean, you know, the thing that got fun, the biggest you know? reaction from us watching it was when he tripped the guys coming down the stairs. Yeah, I mean that's pipe. fun and that silly. It's just a string and totally. a pipe. It's great. Yeah. And, and, but these two, like, but the two main <laughs> ones, which are the one we just talked about with the two by fours and the ending one from in the attic, it was like, okay, MacGyver, I need to see MacGyver put the idea together in his head and it needs to have like three or four ingredients. I don't need 10 ingredients in 10 seconds. Like he's just grabbing shit and putting this complicated thing together and it just magically worked. And that's too much. It doesn't do the, I like to see him putting the puzzle pieces together. And these two gags were just way too complicated for me. Yeah, I was talking about that recently about how like if MacGyver ever planned ahead, there were any number of things he could just bring with him at all times (laughs) that would be useful to him in any of these situations. But that's not his deal. That's not what he he does. He brings matches and he brings a Swiss army knife. His whole thing is I work with the stuff that's there and I get out of the situation as best I can. And so that's what's cool about it. The other thing I'll say about like the MacGyverisms that he does, he picks two locks in this episode yeah. and with a knife which it doesn't work like no, that is not how the locks big work. blade of the swiss army knife um is- and that took me out of it because everybody yeah. knows that um what did you uh annie always has a, a, a opinions about looks what did you think of the skinny cargo pants uh nike high tops and minnesota sweatshirt look at the beginning because <laughs> it's a different look for him i feel like that one of my first thoughts watching this was uh, we're going to see some bad fashions in this show, but I think that one might be back. Like if you're like yeah, a 17 a year old guy, you yeah. can totally wear that and pull it off now. That's true. That is wouldn't true. Have been true I, like eight I years loved ago, that right? look. I think you yeah. would see that on someone today, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I like it because it's like, we get, we get so little information about MacGyver, <laughs> but we do know he's from Minnesota. So it's yeah. like anything that we can sort of like, uh, call back to that I liked and you know I'm not a fan of men in khakis generally but <laughs> he pulled off the look I mean I gotta say the the Minnesota sweatshirt does look a little dorky but when he switched to the to the like dark Hawaiian shirt and the yeah. like higher pleated khakis I was like like the the kid in me that grew up in the 90s was like that's a dope look that he yeah, looks yeah. like urban indiana jones right now <laughs> and, the, yeah. and that, that's also not really what he usually wears he's like yeah. he's at home he's at home in la i guess is what yeah he i think that was really clear in the the wardrobe this time around mm-hmm. that that he's supposed to be at home normally he has like a more practical outfit on like he's wearing sort of like work um like outdoor kind of work pants and like a, a button down that is more practical so it is a little strange to see him in like a sweatshirt leather jacket he almost always has a leather yeah, jacket but I noticed in the credits of this episode that they had a male uh you know costume person and they had a female costume person and I was like what women were in this episode and I realized the only 
like recognizable female costume was the sheet that he pulls over his mom's head. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so she worked on that? Like, is that what you're telling me? Oh my God. <laughs> I assume female costume designers can work on male characters though, right? I assume, <laughs> yeah. but it was just so strange to, to sort yeah. of separate them out by gender in yeah. the credits. Like, why wouldn't you? I, so I it know. literally said female wardrobe and yeah, like wardrobe. female wardrobe, oh, okay, okay. male wardrobe. That's and crazy. It, to me, that is so wild because that is not the way it works now. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't know that's the way it ever worked. I, I, I want to talk about one thing. So I want to get back to the brothers because they're the crux of this yeah. episode here. Um, they are, I don't know if you guys know this or saw this in the credits or whatever, but they're real life brothers, these two guys. Is that um, true? That's true. And uh, the older one actually was born in Barrie, Vermont. Get that. I just wow. saw that on IMDb. I <laughs> yeah. looked him up. Um, so yeah, they're, they're real brothers. It's like the only thing they ever did together. Um, and... Uh, and I think they're both pretty bad, but the younger one in particular, I had a real hard time watching. I thought this guy is really trying to be Marlon Brando and really isn't, you know, he really broods, but he's like such a little weasel that <laughs> an over actor that, what did you guys think? I don't know. Did they, did you buy these guys? I actually kind of liked the younger brother because I, I recognized him from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which I okay. watched not that long ago. He's weird in that movie, but somehow in this, I think it worked for me because he's, mm. he seems kind of gawky and desperate, which is, mm in the writing, I think. Charlie, yeah. what did you think? I mean, for me, I I read his bio afterwards and, I, and that made me really like him from the perspective of like, hey, here's a guy who moved out to LA to become a singer hmm. and and was working at a, a one of those restaurants where they'd sing for you. Huh. And, uh, and so he technically did his dream and then he got on MacGyver and in a movie <laughs> and then a bunch of other stuff. So from that perspective, yeah. it's like, like way to go, guy, way to go. Yeah. Some, so there was a day when a white guy with a dream could go to LA and make a name for himself. Um, I watched it twice, and the second time I watched it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Frank, the younger guy, is the damsel in distress in this episode. Yeah, he is. We don't have a girl, but he is. Uh, he's so emasculated the whole time. He can't fight his own battles. He needs a real man to do it. And literally at the beginning, when he gets him out with the sawdust trick, he's MacGyver is holding his hand while they're running away as though he is this like, you know, damsel in distress, even like to the point where then they go back to the apartment and they're changing clothes, which is a thing that you see a lot of when the man has saved the woman and mm -hmm. the man gets shirtless and the woman puts an oversized shirt on. This is literally what happened in this episode. I was like, and then we have the last moment where he, he asks him if you know, he asks MacGyver if he's okay after the pulley thing, after the zip line. And he's like, yeah. And MacGyver has this really cute smile and he asks him if he has any regrets. And he's like, oh, a few, but you know, this is the end. We've come to the end. And I, I just started shouting, kiss, kiss. <laughs> it was like, it so easily could have been a, a, a female character love interest um, as opposed to. I don't know. What do you guys think? That Maybe that's what happened. Maybe they originally wrote the episode for sisters, but then met the, what's the last name of the brothers? The actor <laughs> brothers? Sisters. Bennett. The Bennett brothers. Whoa. And they're like, whoa, these boys. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, love yeah. to see. I don't, I don't need a female love interest uh, because I know that would have been sexist and boring, um, but I would love to have seen a female mob boss. I think that would have been fun. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen any female character that wasn't <laughs> bedridden in this episode. That would have been cool. Um, but no, oh, we didn't. I don't think we had any woman working at the FBI as part of no. the crew. Like, really I not I think there was a, one, um, one stenographer, and that was it. Um, yeah, so that is just always disappointing. The show, like, does not do a great job with uh, gender uh, and diversity mm -hmm 
as we've discussed ad nauseum, but like in particular this episode, I was like, oh, come on. You know, there's really, there's, we got nothing here. Um, But they really do treat that younger brother as a stand in for like this MacGyver being the savior. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also just got this weird anti-intellectualism too. It was like Mm -hmm. the college boy is not resourceful in the real world, Mm -hmm. um, which is, is, is just sort of like a, a silly trope i think yeah totally but it also doesn't strike me as a show that's trying to be macho like you can tell the writers sort of think they're a little smart and it's like it's not like a muscly show like you Mm -hmm. like the marshal is like a like a smart character and you like that he's smart Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's retro because it's that old like they hadn't figured out how to do representation or like anything mm-hmm. beyond just action hero but right. i feel like i i'm sure if i watched a b- bunch of episodes it would run into this problem a lot because macgyver as a person who is like written as a protector is just going to end up protecting a lot of men who are going to seem emasculated by comparison right. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's very much this protector or he is a teacher in a lot of ways. And that becomes really problematic, like when he goes into other communities um, and (laughs) he travels internationally, for example, and then is like, I'm going to teach, you know, folks how to to kind of like fend for themselves. Um, So that gets a little rough. Um, But in this episode, I think it, it was just it was noticeable because we've had a female character up till now who's like served in that role. I mm-hmm. think like we've had a lot of like, you know, women who are uh, immediately too comfortable with him and <laughs> like they just, they are immediately too close. And, and I sort of felt that with him in the and younger despite brother, the fact right? that they are in, despite the fact that they're in their own element, still desperately need him in order to get out of their predicament. Yeah, right? They can't yeah. handle themselves in their, you know, in whatever their situation is. Um, I would love to talk about a couple more characters. Um, I loved Wiley for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I think he's one of the better actors that we've seen yeah, true. in general. Um, he, he's just like a believable character. And I think he's right in the situation. <laughs> I don't think that Frank needs to see his mom on, on her deathbed. Um, and uh, I think it's a real feat for an actor to make a character come across as intelligent and capable when the feds are outwitted at every turn in this episode by MacGyver and the mob. (laughs) Like they are, they are total boobs this whole time. And somehow he still seems like smart and like he's got his shit together. Not to mention the fact that it's a high status black character, which is not yeah, that, a thing we see a lot. Yeah, that is cool. That is new for this episode for sure. And I, yeah. I really appreciated that. I also loved that tow truck scene. I thought that was one of the yeah. funnier things that we've seen on this show because I <laughs> loved MacGyver playing dumb. <laughs> like it yeah, was right? just ridiculous and and very funny. I think we're going to see a little more of that because I do remember a few times when they when they make him a comedic character undercover. And, uh, and so I think that he is fun at that. That Hick character that he does is really fun. I wrote down, wait, you can just rent a tow truck? I literally, <laughs> literally had the same thought. I was like, I wait, am I allowed to I rent was like, a tow do truck? Do the coveralls come with it? <laughs> like Because like that you shouldn't be allowed to rent a tow truck. I think we can we agree on that? I don't know. No, yeah, if, no, you shouldn't. If you yeah. should because wouldn't you just tow cars you're not supposed yeah. to tow? I, I don't know. But then I was like, oh, you could probably rent one if you're filming something. And then I went into a whole like, well, how do you prove you're doing that? Right, uh, right. Just yeah. seems very silly. I also like how when he's playing the tow truck driver, he like because he's from Minnesota, he leans on a very Midwestern, Midwestern like thing, regional yeah. accent to sort of dumb it down a little bit. Yep. Um, oh, one more little tip about uh, one more little thing about the Wiley guy, which is um, I, I looked him up and he ended up directing a bunch of stuff, which is another thing. Like, I think actors who are directors oftentimes are a little more uh, self-aware. Uh, he also directed two movies that I thought were interesting. One is Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel Washington. And the oh. other one is One True Thing, which won Meryl Streep an Academy Award. <laughs> so All right. he ended up directing a few good things. Wild. Um, yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, for you guys, good for you guys. That's great. I mean, Um, yeah, it's and he seemed like one of the better actors, as you've mentioned. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have a heading, uh, a whole bunch of stuff to say under the heading, Let's Kill Grandma. Um, oh, God. Um, I just want to read you uh, a little bit of dialogue from her death scene here. Um, <laughs> she's about to die, and she's finally seeing her son for the last time, and this is what she says. Remember when you were a little boy, you took my hand, and we walked down the street? You always said, watch over me, Mama. When I grow up, I'll keep you safe. And he says, I'll remember. I remember. So that's the dialogue. And there is not one fucking specific in that story. <laughs> like, <laughs> you remember the time we walked down the street and I held your hand when you were a kid? What? When? What happened? Where were we? What? There's nothing interesting in her dialogue at all. Um, I, I, she drove me crazy. And it's not her fault. Like, they just wrote her paper thin. Uh, it, I, I was so annoyed by her whole existence and not, not to mention the previous scene where she sits down with MacGyver and that's supposed to be a really important scene because it's the whole reason why MacGyver, you know, makes the promise to her and that's why he changes his whole mission. Yeah. And I don't give a shit because it's such a poorly written scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't believable to me that he would change his mission based on that conversation. Hell no. Um, did you guys have any uh, thoughts about the grandma? I mean, just the, she was bad. And that actress seems like she's maybe 60 years old. Like she didn't yeah. seem that old. And yet she's dying a slow, painful death of some unnamed ailment. She just seemed so sick. You'll be pleased to know she lived to the age of like 101 or 102. So, so like 20 Good. or 30 years past this episode. Good. Thank yeah. God. I I mean, again, the sheet that he pulls up over her face, <laughs> like never in the history of a parent dying dying has someone done that the minute their yeah. parent dies yeah. like yeah. that is not a thing <laughs> i will say in her defense as soon as she died she had great dead face as an actor okay. which is hard to pull off <laughs> i've is, seen some people important. do it really bad yeah. and she looked dead <laughs> well she um, probably saw the script and she wanted to be so <laughs> hey yo um you look like you're going to say something, Charlie. Did you have a thought? I, not about the mom. Uh, no, I can't stop thinking about the scene in the little bodega. Because it's like the, the writers are trying so hard, this and the tow truck scene, to be like, this is MacGyver. He's like competent and a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Like like a prototype <laughs> yeah. for like, you know, the, the Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes or whatever. Sure, he's but way ahead never, of you. Right? They never stick the landing. Because that scene, yeah. like, what happens in that scene is MacGyver is like, I'd like a drink. Actually, several. And immediately the bodega clerk is like, what? Who's this weirdo? Like, get away with this guy. <laughs> Buying more than one thing? What the? I also think they went out of their way in this scene to, like, hit us over the head with the fact that MacGyver would not drink soda normally. Like, he yeah, yeah. he asks about soda like he's never fucking heard of it before. <laughs> and I'm just like, what are you doing? Oh. At, go grab a couple sodas and be on your way. He's like, do you have soda and the guy's <laughs> like i got all kinds of flavors it's like act like you've been here before dude but but like but you're right charlie it's like it's the, it's their way of telegraphing to the audience he doesn't need this soda for drinking everybody Wink. he's got other plans right <laughs> um yeah i uh i i wrote down and this is just a thing that's going to keep happening i know it is but why do we keep saying things out loud um, there are so many things that are said out loud in this episode that I think maybe it's just that we've gotten so much better with like TV has gotten so much better at showing, not telling, and we've gotten so much savvier that when we see something happening, all we need is a look between two people. We understand what's going on, but they really don't trust us. And they really feel like they have to say everything out loud. And sometimes it's just filler. It's not even exposition. Like right. he says the line, I guess this is the end at the end of the episode. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, one of the things I thought was clever was when his brother called the feds and, uh, and impersonated him. I thought that was clever. And then he put down the phone and explained exactly why that was clever <laughs> and then said, I'll miss him. Like, we understand you're going to kill your brother. We get it. We knew that at the beginning of this episode. Um, uh, when uh, a- after mom dies, Frank goes to the window and sees the empty street and says, Wiley and the feds are gone. He says this out loud to the dead body of his mother um, without like we know we uh, we watched it happen and we're looking at an empty street. Like, we, why are you saying it out loud? 
Um, and then at the end, the whole like pretty slick Frankie, even Papa would be proud. I like this, <laughs> this fucking maudlin. Slick. You know what I thought was one of the craziest lines? The line where we learned that Joey is gonna have Frank killed is mm. he says to his buddy, you know, it's true what like Papa said or something like same mm. voice, same face, same mannerisms, same walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, at the time, cause I didn't know they were real brothers in real life. I was like, man, they didn't they look cast actors like. who look alike <laughs> at all. Like the, the casting director must've been like, Oh boy, slam dunk. Like yeah, brothers right? in the brothers episode. We <laughs> did it. Have a dimple well, in it's their so chin. funny because the people who you would cast <laughs> as siblings are often like not, yeah. what the actual siblings look like. Right. Um, and the, I know we, we should probably move on to our next segment, but I do want to mention Max, the henchman. Um, <laughs> one of the worst uh, henchmen I've ever seen in my life. Like oh my truly God. awful, like stumbling all over guy, himself. Right? Yeah. The entire yeah. time. Like yeah, what, yeah. why is he still on the crew? I don't get it. Oh man. I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's a trope. Uh, Matt, uh, like a trope of this is what we think we have to have in a mob movie is the big, you know, the big tough guy henchman, you know, dumb guy. And I think the thing that I that's crazy to me about this is I keep wanting to tell myself like they hadn't figured it out how to mm. make this yet. But yeah. I don't think that's true because there were great henchmen characters and other shit at this time. There are great mafia movies. There were great yeah action movies like clearly this movie is referencing or this show is referencing much better shit it's just yeah. bad writing yeah yeah like they, yeah no i mean the it. 70s has some of the best film that's been made yeah, to right. date like they knew yeah. <laughs> like all this <laughs> stuff i i would imagine that like i think the line has gotten this it, it it's gotten more blurred between television and movies now um but i think back then i think there was a much more clear delineation like you're shooting totally. on tape that's true. It, I imagine that it was a whole other process, and, and so yeah, TV it's almost like an oh, it's like an homage. This yeah. feels like a bunch of kids who got together and said like, "Let's make Goodfellas," you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, With our and I camcorder. think TV was considered kind of dumb up yeah, until yeah, totally. you know The Sopranos, up until yeah. <laughs> the, you know some of those shows that really made us rethink like what television could oh, be. Yeah. I do think that there was a little bit of um, of sort of thinking TV was like the dumb. You know, yeah, let's totally. throw it together every week, medium. Totally. What, um, what, one thing I've been, this is a procedural, but it's not like a cop. I mean, I guess it's, it's loosely based off of that, but is there like a precedent for what this show, because it feels like this show is thing X, but with a guy who does gadget things. Yeah. If, <laughs> it feels like they really are figuring it out as they go along because one of the problems with this season, I think, is that we don't have a clear idea of like who MacGyver is working for exactly or like what what he wants. Um, I, wrote, I wrote in big capital letters in my notes, he does contract work now? Like yeah, he's been working for the really, government every other episode. It's really unclear. Um you know, and and we don't yet have that character who's like his handler boss guy. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just really, I think they're kind of like feeling it out still in these yeah. episodes. Yeah. Also, is this set in a universe where when someone mentions the government, it's like, oh, good, the government's here. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> okay. That is perhaps the element of this show that has aged the most poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good, the government's here. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we got to take a break, you guys. When we come back, we'll talk more with our guests and we'll find out where this episode falls on our rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Justin from Venetian Ginger Ale here. Hey, if you love to laugh, then you're going to get a kick out of reading the ingredients on corporate soda cans. If you want something better for yourself, we use all real ingredients. It's water, cane sugar, unfiltered Peruvian ginger juice, lime juice, and we brew it with cinnamon sticks right here in Vermont. Simple ingredients, people. It's easy. Visit VenetianGingerAle.com to learn more about our local history and where you can get spicy ginger ale. That's VenetianGingerAle.com. We're back with Charlie and Matt Loud. It's time for It's Classified. We're going to rate this uh, damn episode, right? 
Annie? Yes. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So let's rate it. In this rapid fire game, usually each of us scores four characteristics from one through 10. And this time, what I thought we'd do is Annie and I will do that. And Matt and Charlie will score each one of them on a scale of one to five. So we don't screw up the rankings. So Matt and Charlie, you've got one through five on these things. First of all, how exciting was this episode on a scale of one to five? Can I ask a question on how to rank? Are we ranking in terms of everything we've ever seen or just in terms of <laughs> like the the range of MacGyver possibilities or? Um, I think we want to assume that, that you haven't seen all the other MacGyver episodes. I think whatever you want to use to inform this is fine. Um, just how exciting was it to you? Yeah, you okay. can put it up against Miami Vice uh, or you can put it up against... Uh, uh, Fast and the Furious. Doesn't matter. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but like also Miami Vice and Fast and Furious can both be twos to me for different reasons. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I'm going to give it a five. I'm very excited. Very excited okay. to see MacGyver for the first time. Okay, good. Uh, All right. You, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give this a three out of five. I think there were certain things that really worked. I'm not going to lie. I, I found as as a brother myself, uh, I wanted to I wanted to see a happy resolution for these uh, ill-fated <laughs> brothers. And so, yeah, I mean, it held my attention. And and if it wasn't exciting, uh, that was something I was able to look past. Right, right. How, do you, have you got? I, I meant to ask this before. Um, have you guys ever found yourself in any kind of a, a rift like this in your own relationship as brothers? Yeah, Matt, Matt tried to have me killed once. <laughs> Wouldn't do it himself either. Do you do you fight? Do you get along? Do you, I'd say uh, we get along for the most part, 100% of the time. But when we do fight, it's pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we fight just like anybody else. There, there are good times and there are bad times. But sure. uh, I mean, I think we're we're in a good time right now, which is <laughs> very nice. <laughs> well, that's nice. For now. Yeah, for now. This is actually the first time I've seen Charlie since he entered witness protection after I had to, yeah, after right. I tried to have him killed the last time. Um, all right, Annie, from one through 10, how exciting do you think this was? Okay, I give this a six. Um, mm-hmm. I the, the climax of the episode was an old woman in a bed, so that's not <laughs> that exciting to me. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go one point higher. I'm going to go seven, so... And now again, one through five, acting and writing, that those two go together. I would give that a one. Um, (laughs) I think this is very much TV figuring itself out. Sure. Um, I think it's important to put it in context of like, this isn't supposed to be good. This is supposed to be interesting enough that people will watch commercials. Oh, interesting. And to that end, it gets a one instead of a zero because there's some moments where it's like, you know, the writers didn't have to add that like pithy little remark, but Mm -hmm. they did. And I'm sure some execs were like, what's this? Why is this? What's people are going to start thinking? (laughs) That's not what this is about. This is a a very cynical take. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're trying to sell Dr. Pepper. They're trying to quash the artist's dreams. Uh, I love it. Uh, Great, the real well, artists all got involved in film in the 80s, clearly, by the clearly. amount of fantastic cinema that came out of that era. Yeah, and of course, oh. like all the good character actors, they scooped all those guys up if the, <laughs> yeah. if the, if the feds in this episode are any indication. Uh, all right, Matt, what do you think? I got to give it on to the, I mean, the stakes are just action stakes. There's no sort of emotional or philosophical stakes in this, which is a real letdown. And then as far as the acting, I mean, I know that we've been trying to figure out where this falls in the sort of um, pantheon of the development of television as a medium, but we've had sort of hall of fame acting on TV sitcoms for years before this. I don't know why that wasn't something they could find actors with more charisma just because it was an action show. I mean, the show we figured out, this was one of the fun things about watching it. I didn't realize it was produced by Henry Winkler, who's the king of charismatic television actors. (laughs) He also had never produced any television before. So this is his maiden voyage. (laughs) His career was defined by jumping the shark after (laughs) uh, Happy Days. And it feels like MacGyver is a show where MacGyver jumps a shark like several times an episode. Like (laughs) we're still in season one and he shoots a giant nail out of a telescope. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I think Henry Winkler learned the wrong lesson. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think for for MacGyver, I don't even know if I would consider that going off off course. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. his course is there's no course, and yeah, it was almost he like makes it Henry up. Henry Winkler was like, "I'll build a show, and I'll show him." <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Annie? Acting and writing from a from one to ten, I I think three. Um, it's three, yeah, three. this this episode in particular uh, is pretty poorly written. I could yeah. not figure out if there was a particular movie this was based on. I don't know if you know which one so. it was. I don't think it was. Uh, a passage um, in the Bible, I believe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty low for me too. I uh, the the one story point that I liked was him uh, him. Uh, adopting his own brother's voice in order to get the feds off his case. Uh, but in terms of the rest of the writing on the episode, I thought it was very lousy. Um, and the acting, I think I bump it up to a four just because I liked Wiley and it was nice to see like a, a decent actor as in a guest spot for a change. Um, all right. Sheer innovation factor. That's like how innovative was MacGyver in this episode. What do you think, Charlie? I, I have to give this a three. I, I do think the telescope moment, that was like knowing what macgyver is that was like cool got it love it yeah <laughs> yeah right you built a, a telescope grappling gun great yeah. sure that's what i expect from the show but then right. everything else like the setup for the um the <laughs> the sawdust bomb that was like five minutes long and then was just yeah. i'm spraying sawdust at mobsters <laughs> um very disappointing a lot of his yeah. stuff was just like and the car is hot wired mostly off screen or i use yeah. my pocket knife to puncture a hole in a thing. Yeah. It was all, it was kind of lame. So mm -hmm. I think a three, cause it, it, I haven't seen a lot of episodes, but I imagine they There's figure that out yeah. as it, yeah. as it goes. And it's a little more exciting. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you, Matt? I mean, I'll give it a four. Uh, I, like they didn't strike me as particularly clever, but most mm -hmm. of the gadgets sort of felt like the kid who comes to the science fair with the volcano, with the animatronic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dinosaurs. Like you really went the extra mile, kid. I, I'm yeah. not mad about it. Totally. What about you, Annie? There were a couple of cool MacGyverisms in this episode, but I think generally we've seen um, more innovative and mm -hmm. better even so far in this first season. So I can't really score it super high. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Uh, that sounds about right to me. I'm going to do the same. Uh, and the final category of the four here is 80s cool factor. Mm. <laughs> How cool is this from an 80s pop culture kind of standpoint? What do you guys think? I'm going to give it a two. I feel like as someone, the, the pop culture I consumed growing up was constantly referencing that era yeah, of pop right. culture so i feel like i expect a lot more uh from from a piece of of media from that era interesting okay what about you matt i'm gonna rate this one pretty high i'm gonna give it a four the music is very 80s cool to me like sure. that synth weirdness is great yep. and just the fact that it's sort of like comes right after these like 70s like San Francisco cop movies like Dirty mm. Harry and stuff and then sort of comes right before like Lethal Weapon like right. Wiley and MacGyver have kind of a Lethal Weapon vibe to totally, me. Totally yeah. Nice. What about you Annie? I think this is pretty cool by MacGyver standards. Like I really like that casual look on him at the beginning. <laughs> I loved the scene at the coffee, the outdoor coffee shop where he jumps that railing that yeah. you mentioned, even though it was completely unnecessary right. and it was <laughs> so easy to walk around that. Um, and I also really thought that MacGyver really looks cool when he is relaxed and comfortable. And he was like in his kind of hometown in his right. own element. So I, that worked for me. I liked it. So out of 10, I'm going to give that an eight. Yeah. I felt the same way. And I felt like, um, I mean, all I ever wanted when I was growing up as a nerdy little kid in Vermont was to live in California. And when, <laughs> when I see an episode like this of a guy who lives on a second story balcony overlooking the ocean with a bunch of hot girls walking by all day, like that's all I ever wanted. And yeah. so it's, but, it, but, and, and even like the scene, like we mentioned where he's uh, the tow truck driver 
Like you'd see that in in Eddie Murphy movies and in Fletch and in like, you know, like that is it was a real 80s cool thing, too. It's like the confident hero who isn't afraid to like dress up and go undercover, you know, in order to get his man or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So I thought there was a there was a lot to like here, especially with, uh, you know, sunglasses. He took his shirt off. There was plenty of that, too. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going with an eight as well. Uh, all right. There are three bonus ca- uh, categories. And if any of these are true, it'll get a bonus five points. Does he help out an old friend in this episode? I don't believe he does. No. Um, does an ex-girlfriend make an appearance? No. We've, as we've stated, very... Unless he dated that mom. Very no. estrogen light <laughs> in this episode. Um, and was he detained against his will? This is a tricky one because he was in the attic, but he ran up there. No, he yeah. was there by his own. Yeah, um, right. Like he broke into that house. <laughs> yeah, right. So no, so he doesn't get any of those. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, it's time to reveal the results. Out of a total of 135 possible points, this episode receives 71 points, making it, uh, of the episodes we watched so far, the second worst episode. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that got a lower score was Trumbo's World. Uh, so not bad, not bad, but not good either. <laughs> I actually expected it to be a little higher, but I think uh, I think you guys scored it fairly here. Yeah, I think that I, that tracks for me. It is better than Trumbo's World, but um, yeah, not <laughs> Not great. as good as most anything else we've seen. No. Nope. Um, uh, Charlie and Matt, this has been super fun. Um, where can people find you online? What are you working on these days, et cetera? Uh, you can find me online, uh, Instagram at DJ Rat Lady. Um, and I'm working on cartoons and sketches and finishing Horse Court, the aforementioned Horse Court. Awesome. There's, there are episodes of Horse Court online, though, too, right? There is a episode. <laughs> a episode. But okay, soon, but to, soon be to be more. Nice. Beautiful. Um, what about you, Matt? I am at Matthew Laud on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I'm in school and I'm doing school projects in New York. Good. Are any of the school projects going to see the light of day, do you think? Or are they all? Hopefully. I've been working on one that I actually shot in Vermont for a while. It needs another edit, but hopefully by this Christmas, because it's a Christmas story, it'll be uh, available awesome. for eyes. Beautiful. Do you have anything else to add, Annie? Do we miss anything? What do you think? Oh, no. I really wanted to make sure we we talked about that costume credit uh, and I was able <laughs> to get that, that in. in there. Um, but yeah, no, this is uh, this has been an episode of MacGyver and it we sh- have it watched sure it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Um, please subscribe and rate and review and tell your friends about the show. Uh, if you want to watch old episodes of MacGyver along with us, um, they are available on CBS All Access or you can buy them on Amazon for a book next week we'll be breaking down season one episode 10 target macgyver take care everybody and remember in the immortal words of our buddy mac friends friends are are the adventures adventures of life. life good night everybody